Today on the Dynasty Rewind, we are selling players while we still can. And hey, we're back with Brandon. All that and more starting now. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Nate, the Professor Christian. Nate, what's up, man? Hey, Mike. See, remember? I said I was going to start doing that. Hey, Mike. And I forgot to do it last time, so this time I did it. Feel free to keep forgetting. That's fine. I probably will. However you want to do it. I mean, I have my own little corny intro, too, so... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm uh, glad to see you back again, Nate. Brandon, welcome back to the podcast yet again. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Just glad to be here running it back. Excited to talk about a couple of players. Once again, I did the uh, the whole show sheet wrong, but it's all right. We, we got you know some good what? points. You get the pass because you're still the new guy. Um, yeah. So it's okay. You get one or you get two podcast appearance passes. And then after that, we crack the whip but yep. listen you know why i let it slide because you make some really really freaking good points and that's another reason why you're here and you know what while you the listener or viewer are here is because you want to know about players that you can sell while you still can we're talking about bus stinkers and duds however you want to label it in 2023 and possibly beyond so typically the players we're talking about have a dlf adp of 72 or higher might be a little bit lower than that for some of the players we discussed today. But you know what, Nate? Look at this. Nate doing two things he hates. Going first, talking running backs. You know it. Nate. This is a negative podcast. You're going to kick it off, and I'm assuming this podcast will be slightly shorter than the last one we just did. Yeah, well, um, I'm talking about this guy who I am super excited to sell. I sold him already everywhere I could. His name is Alexander Madison. All right. I'll I'll just give it to you guys straight. Alexander Madison, we've seen him for four years in limited duty and spot starting. And he's been fun for fantasy at different points. And he's also been disappointing for fantasy. But the fun points of him for fantasy were more so like two, three years ago when he was that hot, fresh name behind Dalvin Cook. Uh, He's not an efficient running back. That's just the straight up truth. So his first two seasons, he had a yards per carry over four, 4.6, 4.5, respectively. His last two seasons, in 2021, 3.7 yards per carry. Last year, 3.8 yards per carry. Alexander Madison, not an effective running back. He's not an incredible receiving back. The Vikings are currently looking at Ty Chandler to step into that role. So Madison doesn't even project as a three-down running back, which – with his lack of efficiency is what you're buying in fantasy football is volume. I don't believe the volume is going to be there for Alexander Madison, not only because someone else is probably going to be there in passing downs, but because the Vikings passed the ball a lot. They were top five last year in passing attempts. They are super pass happy. Go out and buy Jordan Addison because they're going to be throwing him the ball a lot. But Alexander Madison, not going to be on the field for a lot of those plays when they're throwing the ball. And when he does run, He'll get some light boxes. He probably will be a bit more effective than he has been the past two seasons. But like I said, I don't expect him to be like just sitting in there getting Dalvin Cook numbers, you know, seeing 25 carries a game, getting a couple of receptions. I don't think that's going to be happening for Alexander Madison. He's not a like for 
like replacement for Dalvin Cook. He isn't that good. He hasn't shown off that kind of receiving ability, that kind of big playmaking ability. And I just think he's going to be just kind of another guy in that backfield. And right now, as a guy who's going, I believe, like RB22 in a lot of leagues, this is a guy you got to be selling. And you can sell him for, you know, decent players right now. This is a good time to, you know, get him out of your team. Go out there, get a 24-second round pick. Um, in some leagues where they're running back desperate, you might be able to get a first round if you throw back a second with Madison or something like that. Um, maybe get two players out of this deal. Tear down, quote unquote, to Antonio Gibson, who I think is going to have more production than Alexander Madison this year because he is a good receiver with the ball. Maybe get Gibson and Cole Komet. You can get those two guys for Alexander Madison right now if you have a team that's looking to, uh, quote unquote, upgrade their running back position. Alexander Madison, staying far away from him right now. Don't believe in the talent, the efficiency. Sorry. Mike? It's okay. I'm out on him too. You know, should have sold them already. If we're wrong, I'm willing to be wrong. Um, he's mid, as the youths like to say. Same. Brandon, and you know, we're talking about how running backs are replaceable. This is the epitome of a replaceable running back. Brandon, yep. you selling? You agree here? I agree. I agree. I think his value right now is as high as it's going to get. If he produces to what people are expecting, then he's producing to his price. If mm-hmm. he produces under what people are expecting, he is producing under his price so you should be uh, selling him because obviously you don't want to have somebody that can't get better than what they're already valued at at the moment yeah i love that yeah there's not much of thinking about there no there's there's really not um honestly if we're talking about receiving backs then give me ty chandler for one fab dollar off the waivers right stash them on your bench you know ppr backs they score yeah. a lot of points. So let's move on. And Brandon, who is a running back? Or I'm sorry, I shouldn't have you know, scripted it like that for you. It's all good. Who's a player that you were selling? My apologies. So it's Josh Jacobs. And it's not because of the two things that people might think about right away. The two things, which are good points as well, might be, oh, he might hold out. Yes, possibly. And if he decides to hold out, obviously his price will drop right now. His He's not priced in the way that he will be if that's confirmed. So that's one reason, but that's not the main reason for me. The other reason people may think is because, oh, you know, he's just, he's going to be a free agent or he's getting older or he just had his best season. All of those are also great points, but the point I want to bring to the table is a it involves a study that I did, okay? It took me about three hours. I was sitting in the airport, going to go to Chicago. My, Me and my girl, we were having our families meet. Um, so it's, you know, big time of my life. But I was sitting in the airport, and I'm like, man, I need to do something productive. <laughs> so I started researching running backs. And I did this because I noticed I have Josh Jacobs in a couple places. I noticed he had 340 carries last year. That is 20 on the dot per game in a 17-game season now. So when we had 16 games... It would be so if we have a 16 game season, then, you know, 20 carries per game would be 320 carries. So I did a study looking at every running back since 2009 random year that I I didn't want to have a small sample or a crazy sample. So I chose 2009. I think there's 14 running backs since then that have had 320 carries or more. Almost every single one has had a significantly worse year the next and if that's going to happen to Josh Jacobs now at the age he's at with the injury history he's already had, he's going to 
drop off in terms of dynasty rankings immensely. And this is the year that you would be paying for. If you're if you're having Josh Jacobs trying to get Josh Jacobs, it's because you're hoping this year he is a top five running back. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. After I finished this study, he dropped from running back four to running back 12 for mm. me. So I'll just give you a couple a couple mm. little quick tidbits on it because obviously we're trying to be a little bit quick here. Don't want to bore you with this, but I'll just give you some names, throw out some names that, that made it into the study that had the workload. Steven Jackson, Thomas Jones, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, Michael Turner, Rashad Mendenhall, Chris Benson, Alfred Morris, Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson twice, DeMarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, and even a couple years ago, Jonathan Taylor. Every single time, almost every single time, games played went down. But even regardless of games, right? Yards per carry goes down. Um, attempts per game goes down. And fantasy points per game all go down. And the only thing holding up the study at all is the old guys. Stephen Jackson, Thomas Jones, Michael Turner. Those big dudes are holding up the study. If you look at the last five guys, DeMarco Murray, even Adrian Peterson. If you look at those five running backs, the recent ones. It's it's atrocious. Yards per carry goes down by 1.5 yards per carry, 1.1, 2.6, 1, 1.1, 1. Those are the last decreases in yards per carry. That is a huge thing. What about attempts? Let's look at attempts. 69 less, 199 less, 290 less, 80 less, 159 less, 140 less. And then even fantasy points per game. This is this it gets really bad right here. I hope you guys are ready for it. We go down from let's look at Adrian Peterson, goes from 21.7 to 16.6. DeMarco Murray 22 to 12. Oof. Then we have Adrian Peterson again, 16 to 3. He only played 3 games that season, but was horrible in them. Ezekiel Elliott 21.7 to 20.3. Jonathan Taylor, 21.7 to 13. Jonathan Taylor, who we're all like crazy about. The only one recently to not go down was Derrick Henry, but he missed half the season, so he still was significantly worse. Josh Jacobs is not a big guy like the old ones who used to survive the And he's not in a situation that has a bunch of guys to take pressure off. It's Devontae Adams and what? Darren Waller's gone. Hunter Renfro's getting rumored to be cut or traded for whatever reason. Um, Kobe Myers. Austin Hooper. (laughs) Jacoby Myers is good, Nate, but he's not taking pressure off of a running back. Let's be real. <laughs> so, like, I wouldn't even say Juju's taking pressure off. Like, we, we need some legit threats here. So, it's really just Devontae Adams. And even if the quarterback situation gets hurt with the guys they have, I mean, it can get so bad for him. So, Josh Jacobs, for me, every single thing that I've looked at speaks to him having a much worse year. Hmm. That's if he stays healthy. Um, I mean... I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, Josh Jacobs, we, we've seen running backs decline. It's what usually happens after, like, their third, fourth year. So it makes sense, especially after that usage. That's huge usage last year. So I get it. I, I yeah. don't disagree here. I'm on board for sure. And also, let's – Josh Jacobs, zero career receiving touchdowns. Really? Yeah, and he has um, 160 receptions in his career. Wow, that's almost impressive. Yeah, to be honest with you, it is. You figured he would have snuck one in there by now. 
Um, but no, he has not. And he has 200 targets. So he's got, a, he's got an 80% catch rate. So, um, you know, he's a decent enough receiver. He's not a liability at all. His, his receiving yards have gone up every single year, you know, from 166 to 238, 348, 400. But look, Brandon thinks there's going to be a drop off and he wants to sell. I am on board. Yeah. Brandon, what are you selling for? All right. So looking at the, some prices that I, I've been, exploring right now one is nick chubb nick chubb i think is going to do much better than josh jacobs this year he also has the build to survive longer than josh jacobs and they're not really that far off in terms of you know what they have left in the tank and what they've already taken so nick chubb is one because it's basically same kind of dynasty outlook but he's going to be better um now and then another one is miles sanders he just got freshly paid we don't have to worry about any contract nonsense right he just got freshly paid he's with a he's with a rookie quarterback who's going to be having a lot of new young weapons coming in they don't really have any sort of offensive nucleus yet other than sanders and bryce young maybe jonathan mingo can be really good or terrace marshall but everybody they're going to be adding is new so they're going to rely and put a lot on sanders especially to preserve bryce young um so miles sanders is one that i think is going to be slightly worse than Josh Jacobs this year, but has a better path moving forward, and you can get him with stuff on top easily. So, you know, Sanders and a second, or Sanders and one of these wide receivers we've talked about, like a Jaden Reed, that's an easy trade to make. I'm sure somebody would accept that without even countering. So you can even try to start a little richer and work your way down. But Sanders and something on top, or just get a first for him. I sold Josh Jacobs straight up for a 25 first. I was like, hmm. You know, I got Miles Sanders, and I got a couple other guys. I I, want to get off Jacobs before it's too late. I'm going to just get a 25 first for him and play the lottery and see where that pick lands. Even if it's 110 in 2025, I'm fine with it. All right. So Brandon's out there making moves. Nate, you're on board, right? I can... Yeah, I'm I'm good with going, you know, over to the Chubb side. I'm good with Sanders plus. You know, I think... I would struggle to move him for a, a far out first if I'm yeah. a competitive team. I'd rather just have the production. Yeah, I was um, rebuilding or, in that. In that yeah, or you know, I think it's it's not a bad trade there. Maybe maybe you hold on to him mid season and you trade him for you know a first plus if he has a strong start. But um, yeah, I mean, some of those guys you'd rather have sold the year before than the year after, and this might be the season for Josh Jacobs that that you know that tips over. Well, if you want to talk about selling guys, season too early. If it's not a season too early, what about James Cook? Running back for the Buffalo Bills, his ADP is 104, and he's running back 30. Nate, I'm sure you remember last year we always heard, hey, I'm at the 110, James Cook or Isaiah Spiller. And what did we always say? John Dotson or George Pickens. What what is yeah. And you know Try- what? I know that we're saying that he's going to be three down back or we're hearing that. And you call me a hater, call me a non-believer. I don't care. Despite the fact Devin Singletary is gone, the Bills will deploy a running back by committee system. I have no evidence to think that they won't. And the possibility of Josh Allen remaining the team's leading rusher, look, 124 carries, 672 yards and seven touchdowns last year. So he exists. They also added Damian Harris. He's no slouch. He's got 2,094 career yards and 20 career touchdowns. They also have Latavius Murray and Darrington Evans. Cook has not been as advertised in the passing game. Didn't I hear people saying he was going to be a good receiving back? Right? I heard that. Yeah, you probably did hear that. Oh, 
Well, 21 catches, 180 yards, and one touchdown. It's not too bad. Even not in, not bad in, in smaller smaller sample size. And Josh Allen is not a guy who's going to throw to the running back a ton. But what, there it is. What did Devin Singletary do through the year last year? You know off the top of your head? I don't know, but Devin Singletary continues to be productive. He's a guy that we could, probably could have had in the last podcast as a guy to buy because he's way down in ADP. And, hey, Devin Singletary is going to get his. He might not have a 1,000 rushing yards this year or something like that. Yeah, but. I have his stats pulled up. He had 38 receptions for 280 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, did have so. 38 receptions. But I digress. His value is currently that of a 24-second. And depending on the league settings, I think you can get that or, you know, if somebody really likes him, maybe you could squeeze a projected late 24 first out of him. Got to find that that James Cook truther. And I always keep wanting to say Dalvin Cook, too. Pissing me off. He's currently going ahead of guys like David Montgomery and Antonio Gibson, Nate, guys that I think could outproduce him just as I also think Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, Rashad White, Joe Mixon. Those guys are going after him as well. So I just think it's crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. Pacheco, Rashad White, and Mixon are going slightly at him. So I would try to tear up to them. So here are some put together. Uh, Cook and a fourth for Pacheco. Pacheco had a pretty decent season last year. I think he could top Cook again. Uh, Cook and a third for Mixon. And Cook for Gibson and a fourth because Gibson's value is lower, but he's definitely yeah. going to get – uh, the PPR work. So that's where I'm at on James Cook. Nate, you agree? Hopefully. I think James Cook might be a benefactor of situation where his only competition right now is Damian Harris. And I think because of that, I, I don't think James Cook has a super high ceiling. I don't think he's that talented. I think the situation where Josh Allen is kind of the RB1 there kind of takes away part of that ceiling as well. So at RB30, we kind of get into the idea where you're kind of buying him at his ceiling or pretty close to it. Now he's younger, so if he puts up a top 24 season, you know, we're, we're probably pretty, you know, somewhat excited about James Cook then going forward. But still, I think just being a Bills running back with that offense currently set up, I think there is just limits to what a running back can do there fantasy-wise. So I don't actually mind this value currently where James Cook is. I think it's a little high because I'm not a James Cook believer, but I see a path to where it pays out. And he is a top, you know, like, like RB20, you know, somewhere around there. I don't think his ceiling's too much higher there, but I think there is a chance that that works out that way because of the lack of competition. So I'm so, so on James Cook, I could go either way. I think these values though, um, you know, I don't mind moving up to Rashad White, uh, Mixon. I like the deal for Gibson as well. I trust those guys more than I trust James Cook. Yeah, and it's it's one thing. I like a guy that I trust. Okay, to be wrong on someone, just give me a guy that I trust more. Brandon, what do you think? So I'm kind of with Nate. Actually, he he's kind of priced decently right now, but I don't have any problem selling him. One thing that has been a recent mm-hmm. move that is not good for James Cook, unless you think the team dynamic is going to change, is Dalton Kincaid. When you look at offenses. There's usually, if there's a good wide receiver, which, what's his name? Uh, Stephon Diggs. If there's a good wide receiver and there's a good tight end, the running back room is not getting much work. If you find find me an NFL offense that gives a good target share to the tight end and the running back, everyone that you find doesn't have a good wide receiver, doesn't have a like a top-tier wide receiver. One of them is the Chiefs. 
The Chiefs did that last year. Kelsey and the combination of McKinnon and Clyde got a decent amount of targets. Well, they didn't have like an alpha wide receiver. When you have a tight end that's good and a running back that's good, if there's a good wide receiver, that running back's going to get killed. Unless, or the tight end's going to get killed, but I think we all believe Kincaid is much better than James Cook. I have one for you, Brandon. Detroit Lions, when they had TJ Hawkinson last year. Did Swift get decent receiving work when he was healthy? Which was barely... When he was healthy, yes. Yeah, he did. Actually, he did. DeAndre Swift only missed three games last year. Yeah, he, he got decent work, but they also, their second wide receiver was like an NFL wide receiver four. True. So True. it was hey, Don't it was talk about Quintez Cephas that way. <laughs> so when you're looking R. at R. the Bills, they've got Gabriel Davis, they've got Stephon Diggs, they've got Kincaid now. It's not going to work out, really, receiving-wise for the running back room. Allen already takes a lot of red zone mm-hmm. rushing away from them. I mean, the 49ers have Kittle and McCaffrey. If you look at the games, they've both been on there. Kittle's been garbage, which is why, you know, I'm kind of lower on Kittle. That's a side, pay, side yep. piece, but yeah, you get the gist. All right, so let us move on a little bit, and let's hear take a momentary pause, hear a word from our sponsor. All right, so let's get back into it. Nate, who are you selling next? Yeah, you know, I'm taking the the easy road here with the guy to sell, and it's Kadarius Tony. I mean, what if you still have Kadarius Tony, it's 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 definitely time to move off of him. Um currently, you know, still retaining some value even after the injury. Um I never was a big fan of him even as value before the injury recently. But even with the surgery and everything, he's still retaining value just because he's the Chiefs wide receiver. Just because he's connected to Patrick Mahomes, there's value there. We've seen flashes with Kadarius Tony, but he's never put it together. He's never put it together. He's never played anywhere close to a full season. He had issues on and off the field with the Giants. You know, he hasn't been able to get consistent on the field with the Chiefs either. And we haven't seen anyone be a good wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes other than Tyreek Hill. No one else has filled those shoes. Juju actually put up a decent season last year, but it was very quiet. No one really talked about it. And I don't think Kadarius Tony is going to get anywhere close for him. You know, Mike, we've talked about it before. A career year for Kadarius Tony is only like 400 yards. And, you know, at this point, I just think with what Kadarius Tony set up for missing a lot of training camp, other competition is brought in with Rashi Rice, Sky Moore um, from last year. Kadarius Tony just doesn't seem like a good value at this point. I think he's going to continue to lose value. He is a declining asset. I'm trying to move off of him everywhere. You know, if I have him, I would move off of him right now. Um, you can get him, throw him away. You can pick up Tyler Lockett from some people. You can get Greg Dalsich off of some people who we've already talked about on the last podcast. And then if you're trying to get a rookie, you might be able to get like a Tank Bigsby, a Jaden Reed, a Marvin Mims, some of those late second round kind of guys. You know, there's still some value in Kadarius Tony. I think this is one of the last ones to sell him. Make someone think that they're buying low or with the injury. If you can find a Kadarius Tony fan in your league, it's a good time to move off of him. The only reason I can't agree is because any shares I had, I already sold off. <laughs> but um, I do completely agree. I'm done. I'd rather have Sky Moore on that team than Kadarius Tony. So I'm just way on board with this. Brandon, what are your thoughts here? I'm pretty on board with it. I think Kadarius has been somebody who always looks good. And it's really sad for me, actually, because Kadarius Tony was not my wide receiver one, but he was just my favorite player. 
in that rookie draft in that wide receiver class that he came out. He's my wide receiver four. And I wasn't surprised when he went Kadarius to me. <laughs> Kadarius Tony for me was my wide receiver four in his rookie draft class. I wasn't surprised he went in the first round. And he actually posted a very good 10.1 yards per target. Yards per target is usually about 7.5. So Kadarius Tony for me, I mean, he just he can't stay healthy. And that's that's really the end of it. I mean, if he stayed healthy, he'd be amazing. But he's already got soft tissue injuries from fielding punts. Like, come on, yeah. man. Come on. Right. I just did the Chiefs, and I put Kadarius, just so that I don't blow up my whole projection, I put Kadarius as wide receiver three, and I give him a 14% target share, put Sky Moore at one with 16, and then MBS at 15. So I agree. Well, last week I was saying that uh, you should buy Sky Moore. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, it's a good buy. But, Brandon, who are you out on? Hating some running backs today, dude. Yeah, it's Tony Pollard. I just I've I've never understood it. I don't get it. I mean, last year was his his ceiling. You you sprinkle in a little more work, that's fine. He might do a little bit better, but the problem is that offense. That offense is taking the Dallas Cowboys offense is gonna take a huge step back. They lost um why is his name escaping me? What's his name? Offensive coordinator? Uh Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, yeah. They lost Kellen Moore and I just don't trust McCarthy to do even what he said i mean he said oh yeah we're gonna run the ball we're gonna run the ball every move they made was the opposite direction i mean they added brandon cooks they did not really invest in like run heavy offensive linemen they didn't add a second running back to the room we know tony pollard can't take an entire workload and he's not the type of running back there are some running backs derrick henry jonathan taylor nick chubb they get better the more carries you get them and like the seasons that they have the most carries, they're way more efficient because they're just tearing down the defense. Pollard's the opposite. Pollard is the one that gets torn down. The more carries he gets, mm-hmm. the more carries he gets. He even said it last year. He was out of breath. He wanted breathers so he could be more efficient, so he could be better. So he's just he's in a bad spot right now, bad situation. He is a best suited as a number two back who's very efficient, not somebody to take the workload. I think it's going to really tank his efficiency and that offense is just going to be way worse there's not going to be as many touchdowns to go around stuff like that so for me he's at his ceiling price right now there is absolutely no way that tony pollard does better than what he's being priced at it's just not going to happen so i would sell him for almost any of like the 10 running backs behind him i mean it's it's pretty bad for me with pollard i mean i would take ramondre for sure and you can probably get ramondre plus i would take Najee. I don't know if you'll get Najee plus. It depends if the person's like super win now. They probably have Pollard a decent size high. I think the realistic ones, the two guys, I think you can probably get pretty good for Pollard is Dobbins and Sanders. I have Dobbins and Sanders right next to him for this year. Like I think all three of them are going to be on each other's heels in terms of where they finish if they all stay healthy. Except Dobbins and Sanders are younger, built better, and they're true number one running backs. And they have higher investments in them than Pollard. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pollard's not even on a contract right now. So to me, it's just, it's not going to happen. I don't see it for this year and I don't see it for the foreseeable future because they're going to add somebody in the future. Yeah. It's hard for me. I like Tony Pollard. I'm a Tony Pollard believer, but you know, you make a great point. And when, if I could get those players, then I'm fine with moving on from Tony Pollard. If I'm Sanders and down, Dobbins, you for, for sure can grab. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm completely fine with that. Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I've been big on moving off of Tony Pollard this year. I actually moved off of Tony Pollard just uh, about a week or two ago for Ramondre Stevenson, pretty much a straight swap. Nice. Um, 
because I believe that Stevenson can handle volume. That's what it really comes down to what, what Brandon was saying about, you know, the, the volume that Pollard could get will tank his efficiency. He has been very effective as that, you know, change of pace back. And I think that role really fits him and his running style, his size, everything about him really fits that mold. And I don't think he really fits the workhorse wide, like running back one mold. And I'm very interested to see how it goes this year because I don't think it's going to go well in that mold, just to be honest. And they don't have a RB2 that's strong enough to come in and relieve him consistently. So I'm just really not sure what's going on with the Cowboys running back room, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know at all. Good question. All right. Let's move on. Might seem hot takey, but some people are ready to move on. So I'm going to sell Jamison Williams. His ADP is 111. He's wide receiver 41. Look, I'm competing. I, I'm frustrated. I'm ready to just move on. The talent's there. We had to worry about an injury last year, and now it's off the field stuff this year. I'm going to St. Brown's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy there, and it's going to be ARCSB and Sam Laporta, I think. I think Jamison Williams, when he comes back, is the third target by the time he gets back. His value should still be high, so I'm looking to move him for a still young, productive wide receiver like a Gary Judy, something like that. If I have to add assets to tear up, I'm fine with that. So his projected value is currently that of a late 24 first. And I'd rather have that or some other wide receivers. He's going ahead of some not younger wide receivers, you know, guys that are going to be more productive this year, like Tyler Lockett, Juju Smith-Schuster. And then uh, there's some younger wide receivers who – Look, it may sound weird, but they have a higher upside this year because they're going to play the entire year, barring injury, like Romeo Dubs, Marvin Mims. Maybe not Marvin Mims as much, but Jaden Reed and Sky Moore, definitely. So here are some trades that I packaged together for you guys. Jamison Williams and a 24-4th for Christian Kirk and a 24-3rd. That's how Jamison Williams' value is looking right now. So Yeah, I yeah, I mean, you're going to get a wide receiver one and a mm-hmm. third. Um, how about what if I told you that you could do Jamison Williams and a 24 first for the greatest wide receiver in fantasy football in Drake London? <sighs> Brandon, would you do it? I would. Would I? I would take the Drake London side. Yeah, the Drake London and the first round pick for Jamison Williams for sure. Or I mean, no, for Jameson the first and Williams. Yes, I got you. I just okay. said it wrong, but yes, I would take Drake London. Nate, um, I don't want to give up Jamison Williams in a first for Drake London, but if I have Drake London, I'm not taking Jamison Williams in a first. Probably. What if there was somehow three dollars in Fab involved? I just, I would just, I just don't want to be part of this trade. I'm sorry. It's Jameson Williams 24 first for Drake London and a 24 third on top. Oh, oh well. My <laughs> well, in that case. Picks for picks, man. All right, so I, I just don't think Nate wants anything to do with that trade. Look, it's okay to not want to do a trade because you're just not feeling it. Not every trade is going to work out. That's completely fine. And last one, I know Nate will be all over this. Jameson Williams and a 24 third for Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, I think some places you might be able to get that just strip swap. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, when you look at Jamison Williams, I mean, for me, I'm even lower probably than you are. Um, I would, 
I would give him up for a a lot of things. I think something you can do that's tricky with Jameson is take advantage. I don't want to say take advantage, but you know, use to your advantage the mm-hmm. fact that a rebuilding team looks at Jameson and says, "Oh, he's young. He's gonna miss some this season. He's not gonna like make my team perform well and then give me a worse draft pick. You know, he's not gonna do that. He's gonna help me tank this year and get a high draft pick, and then he's gonna." And I would take like a high, like if you can get their second, like a tanking team, you can get their second for Jameson Williams. I'll do that because you're getting a top end second for him. And they're looking at that as value. I mean, he was going 105, 106. Yeah. So to me, I mean, I think Jameson Williams is a, a, a good sell to a rebuilding team, even though he's young. Yeah. I think for me, Jameson Williams, if I have him, he's mostly a hold. Um, I'm not actively buying Jamison Williams. And actually, I did just sell Jamison Williams earlier this week for Pat Frymuth, straight up swap. That doesn't sound like actively holding. I had, uh, <laughs> I'm mostly holding, but okay. I had a lot of wide receiver depth in this league. I needed a starting tight end, easy move to make. The other guy had three starting tight ends, so it was easy for him to move off of Frymuth as well. Um, but Jamison Williams. I've always been a big fan of him coming out of college, loved him despite the injury, but he can't get on the field. And that just really hurts, just really hurts. And I still believe in the talent, but the longer you're off the field, the less chances you have to prove yourself when you get on the field, the longer it takes to get up and running. And like Brandon said in the last podcast, it is a what have you done for me lately league and Jameson Williams has done nothing. So I'm, I'm willing to move off of him if I get a good offer. And by the time he comes back, Sam Laporta will have done a lot for the Detroit Lions lately. Quite possibly. Seems like he's headed one already. Um, so before we hit it, I just wanted to remind people of that that running back study with the average numbers. I, I forgot to give them, give them. Okay, so real quick, if you'd allow me. Of course. So what, J- what we're looking at with Josh Jacobs and just running backs that get 20 carries a game for a full season, they're drop. They play three less games. They average 0.7 less yards per carry. They get 3.3 less carries per game, and they lose almost five fantasy points per game. That is the difference between finishing as RB1 and RB12. That's a drop-off for sure. Don't want that. So kind of worried about my Josh Jacobs best ball teams now. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, before we head on out of here for tonight, let's talk to you real quick about our startup draft brought to you by Bob Van Duzer. Do you struggle with dynasty startups? Have you had a dynasty startup draft or two that you're not proud of? Well, guess what? We all have. Now you can learn what strategies and mindsets lead to a successful dynasty startup and what common mistakes to avoid along the way. We are introducing our brand new Dynasty Rewind Dynasty Startup Draft Guide. In this draft guide, I will bring you my insights on how I attack my dynasty startup drafts from before the draft even starts to when the draft is over by diving into over 30 strategies and mistakes to avoid spread over 38 pages of beautiful content brought to life by our very own Sean Fournier. And if you want to never walk away from another dynasty startup draft distressed, pick up your very own copy today at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind and dominate your next dynasty startup draft. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the content you came for. 
All right, Bob is the man, as always. We hope you consider going and checking that out. Make sure you head on over to payhip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. We have a lot of other great stuff on there. Startup strategy guide. We got our rookie draft guide is still available. Want your team, your roster reviewed? New discounted pricing. Uh, Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Rewind for your first 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. SeatGeek.com, use the promo code Dynasty Rewind. $20 off your first uh, ticket purchase. Go be a Swifty or whatever it is that you kids do nowadays. Buy yourself some merch. Link is in the description. And until next time, for Brandon and Nate, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening.